Disclaimer. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as facts. Nothing that is said about any person, organization, gaming company, or sport topic in general should be taken as facts, as well as any talk about any political, religious, or medical topics. As for medical topics at all times, you should speak to a licensed medical professional before any opinion is considered. Everything that is said on this podcast is opinion-based only. Viewers and listeners' discretion is advised. Welcome to the Dr. VTech Show. This podcast is a long-form conversation hosted by Dr. VTAC with the top guests in the world of esports. All from owners, pros, semi-pros, former pros, and content creators of many games. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, folks, welcome to the Dr. VTech show, the new podcast, uh, mainly about esports gaming and Rainbow Six Siege. I have a special guest today, a good friend of mine, uh, and he's a, he's a phenomenal player, uh, and it's Prefire GN. Hi, my name's Prefire. Uh, I'm an ex-comp player for Siege, and now turned content creator playing siege pokemon various other games like lethal company as well on the side um aside from that uh yeah i have a big background in siege that's where i mostly grew my name and that's what i mostly play for uh competitive and ranked and you started playing rainbow since since when how many years ago um Ooh, how many years has it been? I think it's been about three, four years. Hey. Um, yeah, starting in year four, season one, roughly. Oh, okay, so you were never a beta guy like me. No, unfortunately not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to I got to play beta. They tell you that's the beta was was very interesting because it was like it'll make you like, oh man, I don't like it or I like it. And it was, it wasn't like in this in between people would test it out and they just like, it's not for me. And I was one of those people. I played it and it was like, not for me. And after season, I think season one, then I started trying to get into it after some time, but mm-hmm. it, it was, it was like that. I just like, I played a little bit and I didn't like it in the beginning. Then afterwards, um, watching kickstar what made me got into it because mm-hmm. i was always a battlefield 4 guy just going at it on battlefield but uh yeah that's how that's how i began so you you started playing where how long it took you to get into comp i mean to start i mean because it was challenger league back then you know now there's there's no challenger league now right mhm so my initial like entrance into comp was actually me and a bunch of my friends like about in about year six i think just kind of decided to like pub stack a few little like scrims and tournaments and then from there i kept joining different teams um seeing where it could go for the most part i kind of just went where a lot of my friends went and then from there started meeting new people started going further in the competitive scene and then growing my name a bit more at the same time was it easy to sign up for 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 Challenger League? No, not at all. Uh, I mean, the sign up process itself for like e- E1 because I didn't get to do Challenger League back then because the um, 
I tried it once, but it was a very difficult process to get into. Yeah. Um, E1 is definitely like a lot simpler, but the limit of 60 teams means you kind of have to sign up within like the first few days. Otherwise you're, uh, you're going to get left behind. Wow. Wow. So I bet that that was a journey. That was crazy. Yeah. Cause I mean, I seen you play it, man. You're actually very, very good. I mean, you still have it in you. You sure you don't want to go, go pro? Um, I've thought about it. I've wanted to do it, but I'm not sure if the current state of siege is the best for me to try and actually make it somewhere in. Oh, I feel like uh, overall, it's definitely going towards a better decision to just continue content creation and grow from there. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You, I mean, I usually tell the players that, that I'm friends with, I said, listen, you're a pro now, but what's going to happen if it ends? What are you going to do? You mm-hmm. know, you, you, you got one thing that a lot of people don't have is a good amount of following. And, you, you know, even if you have 40, you have 50, that's more than a lot of people average that have. I mean, I stream and I get like three viewers, you know, or four maximum, you know, and it's hard. But if I was a pro player, of course, I'm going to have a whole bunch. I'm going to, I'm going to, because you're going to be known in the, in the esport community. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's, you, you got a good, you know, amount of following. You just keep on building it. I think content creation is, is fun. You just got to spread out. You got to be on TikTok. You got to be on Instagram, you got to be on almost every every platform out there so you get to be well known. I think that's what happened to Jinxie. I think the, he became his boost. He keep, became really big. I, if I'm not mistaken, was on TikTok, correct? Yeah, I believe so. That's where kind of like a lot of his clips started circulating, and then from there, kind of grew his uh, Twitch channel significantly as well, to my understanding, at least. And you're and you're in college. Yes, I am. Okay, so tell me about college. What what are what are you studying? What are you majoring? I'm gonna go for um, it. So currently, I'm taking business for my diploma, um, just more of a security measure, and then from there, I believe I'm going to be going into either film or anthropology. Wow. Okay. A lot of options. <laughs> yeah, you got a lot of options out there, man. Filming, uh, what what is it you drive about filming? What does he like about it? Um, well, because I volunteer for my church on Sundays, and I do a lot of the sound, visual, and audio stuff. And so through that, I kind of got a bit of a passion for um, messing with the different like sound frequencies, the like EQ, the um what's it called the gain etc um as well as just adjusting like uh setting up film sets that sort of stuff it's always oh. just been something that i always find like you know pretty interesting awesome i didn't know you were a believer man i didn't know you're a man of faith um so me personally i'm definitely a bit more towards christianity uh mm-hmm. but i am i am agnostic at the end of the day or at least currently Oh really? Yeah. And you, but you? you 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 go to church, but you do the sound audio stage for them, and you do that. Is it? 
I mean, you go with your parents or this is something you just go voluntary with some friends or. Um, I mean, for the most part, I go to volunteer by myself. Um, I just like the experience. I like to help out. But uh, at the same time, it's like I grew up in a Christian background. And mm. although I'm not like 100% Christian, it's definitely like if I'm leading towards a faith, it is that one. Right. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I think I am definitely more like agnostic. Now, when you say agnostic, because uh, remember, I'm from I'm from Puerto Rico. I'm from the island. I'm Spanish. So agnostic is basically I believe in a higher power, but I just don't know 100 percent. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay. Like you, you believe, but you're not sure like which one it could be correct. All right. Have you studied any? See, I'm in the medical field. Have you have you ever studied um, NDE cases? No, I haven't. Okay. I think I should. I'm going to I'm going to explode your mind with some crazy <laughs> stuff. When patients are about to pass away, patients that have passed away for like 20, 15 minutes and they come back. Um, it's, it's mind blowing, man. Mind blowing. There was, um, <clears throat> there was a interesting case, um, of this lady named, uh, I think her name is Pam, Pam Reynolds. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll later on send you a link. Um, well, Pam Reynolds, she had a, an issue with her brain. They had to operate on her. So. Mm-hmm. The other, the only way to fix this, I don't know if it was a tumor or it was, it was something they, they need to basically shut everything down. Her brain waves, they had to shut down her heart, had to stop. Basically she had to go to a certain amount of temperature, cold. So in order to operate on her and what was really mind blowing to all the scientists, all these doctors, everybody, cardiologists, neurologists, everybody, surgeon, is that they they couldn't understand certain things about what she saw and where she was at when she saw it. Okay. They put these little clickers in their ears. They cover it up. They tape their eyes to the patient. You know, it's all taped up. They put these little things in their ears that, that it's just still clicking sound. Click, click, mm-hmm. click, click. So basically, that is like being uh, in a way like your brain wave, in a, per se. So it's it's very it's much complicated than than how I'm explaining it to you. Mm-hmm. But um. So they went with the operation. She was literally floating and she saw everything. She saw everything. She saw the instrument. She saw what the doctor did, what the doctor do, where he was walking, which people, how many people were in the room, everything in detail. Then, yeah, man, it's, it's freaking mind blowing, bro. I mean, mind blowing. And then once she saw that, she went up uh, right straight to, she saw the light. I think it was a tunnel. She went through. If I'm not mistaken, she saw an uncle of hers that passed away, talked to her. But then afterwards, says, it's not your time. You got to go back. Mm-hmm. And then she boom, went back into her body. 
when after the time she recovered and everything, she would she talked to the doctor. I said, "Doctor, I saw everything. You use a instrument that it was like in a mechanical toothbrush, and you did this and did that." And he was like, "Whoa, how the heck you know this information?" And she said, "Even the color too." So. Medical research, the doctors, they interviewed the doctor, the surgeon, everything. He says, I just can't fathom how can a patient will get, gather all this information and retain it in their brain if they weren't alive. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. That, it's, a <laughs> or it's a very interesting. Let me tell you, situation. man, it's, it's crazy. Pre, it's crazy. Another patient that, that uh, oh, that's one more thing. She saw this light. I mean, everything was light. Everything is love and light and peace. And um, she asked one of the uh, beam or I think her uncle says, is this the light of uh, a light of God or something? He says, that's, this is the breath of God, God breathing. It's like she sees everything. It's like, wow. And, and it was like really mind blowing for a lot of, a lot of people that are in the medical field. I think her case is, is went worldwide through a lot of, you know, experts because mm -hmm. it's something like, you know, never before seen, because when you talk to a doctor, you got to kind of talk to them at their language and go with medical back research and go with medical stuff, you know, and, and tell them, okay, this patient had this and this and this and this. How is it possible that patient was in the room seeing everything? You know, it's it's really mind blowing. Um, there was another patient as well, and I'm gonna tell you this one. This was a, a patient named Dean Braxton. He went to the emergency room because he had a kidney stone, and he mm -hmm. was having a lot of issues. So what they did is they gave him some medication. They tried to help him out, but one of the medications to help him pass through the kidney. Um, the kidney stone uh, was actually causing harm. So he, he was going sepsis, you know, that means he was at his issues with the medication. Mm -hmm. So he was starting having organ failure and to the point he went out, died. He was clinically dead for an hour and 45 minutes, but they put on paper that he was clinically dead for like an hour mm -hmm. and 30 minutes, something like that. And he died. He went up, went straight. And he says the rapid speed from here to heaven was like, you know, it was like super fast. But <clears throat> he went to heaven. Everything is light. He says one of the things is that you don't see shadow. There's no darkness. Everything's alive. The grass is alive. Um, he saw angels. He saw family members. Says his grandma, his aunt, from great, uh, uh, great, 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 great uncles, fathers, everything he saw. Mm -hmm. And then he saw Jesus coming by. And that's when Jesus says, not your time. You got to go back. He says, I need you more on earth than I need you here. That's what he told him. And mm -hmm. came back. When the doctors... Um, we're talking. He says, I just, I don't know. <laughs> he said, I don't know what happened. He was dead. They could have pronounced him dead. Okay. 
pronounce you dead. I'll give them a time of death and everything. But if it's mm. your time not to to be passed away, it's not your time. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And this uh, is medical stuff. This is by medical research. I mean, this is not because somebody say, "Oh, I went through this." No, I, I, I. Since I work in a medical field, sometimes I need. Okay, give me your medical records that prove it. Prove to me that you were literally, you know, by medical mm-hmm. records that you were dead. Because a doctor is not going to put that down if that didn't happen. He could he could fall into some big humongous lawsuit for lying. Yeah. And yeah. no doctor is going to risk their 10 years that they had to bust their rear to study to say a lie. You know, mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of that's. That's one of the things that made me, I always been, a, uh, I always had faith, but that's one of the things that just made my faith even stronger. That's fair. To me, a lot of these things is like, a lot of, they seem interesting for sure, but they don't mm-hmm. really secure my faith, especially not in like one specific religion. Cause mm-hmm. for example, um, especially in that first one, it's very common in like psychology and stuff, especially because you said that they covered her eyes, right? Yeah, it was tape. It was tape shot, and they had a plug in her ears, the special type of plug, so she can't hear anything. Mm-hmm. But also, they had to shut down the brainwave. So, if there's no brainwaves, there's no activity. Well, so, because yeah. the brain is a lot more complex than that. Because shutting off, like, you can shut off the brain to one certain part. Uh, but usually like multiple parts will still be working. And I know it's a very common thing that especially once the, once you enter a state of sort of sensory deprivation, your eyes are covered. You have either a sound, one specific sound or no sound at all entering your mind. The mind hallucinates very frequently and well, of course, yeah, it causes you to see things that you've seen very recently. It causes you to see things that you believe in a lot because um, the brain lacks a stimulus at that point. So it needs to seek something to, sort of make up for that. Um, well, I agree. But you know how long does that last? Oh, it can last years, for example. Because we have, um, I think the biggest state, I can't remember his name, but there's somebody who has been in solitary confinement, essentially. So basically forced deprivation for 20, 30 years, who's constantly been entering a state of psychosis, essentially. Hallucinating mm-hmm. the world around him into something that doesn't actually exist anymore. Correct. Well, the thing is that what on her case is that she saw everything that the doctors did, the instruments they were using at the specific time, everything, and it was confirmed. So yeah, how would she know that he was using a yellow type of thing? And then after he put it down in a box, why he picked up something else? use everything precisely in the location, everything. Yeah. That's where it's kind of like hard to say, but at the same time, uh, once again, in terms of the loose, uh, the common hallucinations that people get when entering a state of deprivation, um, mm-hmm. you often associate things and things you see with stuff that you see in the moment prior so if you're entering a room and you see all these tools, even if you're not remembering them, your brain is automatically basically taking in that information and it's going to pump that out as the most recent information at rapid speed. Mm-hmm. And this, yeah, the, this the is tool that really you use, that's one of the things, that's one of the things that the doctors, one of the doctors that when they interviewed, he says, I don't know how, 
it's impossible for her to know the tools because my tools were inside this special toolbox. It's, it's a special type of... Their medical equipment has to be sterilized completely yep. 100%. So mm-hmm. there's these special type of cases that they put the instrument, nobody can see what's inside. So before they operate, they got to give you the, 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 what they say, the, the cocktail that's going to put you to sleep. Then yeah, on yeah. that part, her heart is not, is on completely shut down and her mm-hmm. brain was completely shut down. But she sees him opening the box, taking out the instrument and specify every detail of the instrument that he's using and where he's using it at. So he's like, yes, I did pick that up. I did choose this. Yes, it is color yellow. Yes, it is this. And he explains everything in detail. And I did put it over here. Yes, that's totally true. Yeah, no, it's definitely. Everything precise. The the thing is, what really, like, what really kind of like exploded their minds is the detail. I'll send you, I'm going to send you the, the documentary. You okay. tell me what, what you think. It's 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 really wild, man. It's really mm-hmm. wild. That's one of the things that's but you know, at the end of the day, I believe, you know, um love conquers everything. And I think if this world everybody believes, you know, in something or you know, if you don't if you could be agnostic, but if you, you could be a good person to have love in your heart, I think everything's gonna be, you know, good. You know, I have, I have friends that are atheists, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I have friends that are very religious. I have friends that are atheists. I have friends of all sorts of types, you know, and, and a lot, I love everybody, you know, I don't care, you know, oh, you can be an atheist, fine. I don't care. I'm not going to judge you for that just because you have a different, you know, opinion or something. doesn't matter. You know, it's like, I tell them, I said, listen, I can't eat shrimp and I can't eat, you know, lobster. You're going to hate me for that. Oh, no way, man. Oh, okay, then fine. <laughs> we have a common ground. We might like other things. We like clams. I could eat clams. I love clams. Oh, I love, okay, then fine. We have a common ground there. Yeah, you know, yeah. so I, I never judge anybody because of their beliefs or what they believe, but they don't believe it. You know, at the end of the day, you just got to be a good person, have a good heart, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you seek the truth. One way or the other, you're going to find out in your lifetime, you know, the truth about everything, you know, and you'll, you'll, you'll see how that goes. That's interesting that you do that in, in, in the music and you're studying audio and, and the visuals and stuff like that. And at, at a church, I think that's a, I think that's the best, best place to start, to be honest, mm-hmm. because it, it is hard work. I seen, um, I went to, this church that they had, it was a mega church and they, their, their, their audio, you know, system, everything. I, I, I said, dude, this is way too much buttons for me to understand. Mm-hmm. It looks like one of those DJs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We have something similar in mind. Chris, Chris, and you have one? Yeah. Yeah. It's a full, um, Oh, I forget the exact name for it, but yeah, basically has all the sliders and all the um, adjustment uh, valves so that you can work on the audio and change the levels for a lot of the stuff as it goes. Oh, wow. Now, if you do do for filming, have you ever thought about doing it for gaming? Um, 
I have. I definitely feel like I need a lot more experience before I go into something like that, though. Uh, just because, you know, I'm still starting out. Although I've been volunteering for a while, it's not something I've been, like, super, super in, like, um, invested in. So I don't have, like, a whole lot of experience through working with it. Correct. So I feel like it's something I need to work in different environments and uh, learn a lot more about before I can go into something like that. And it definitely seems interesting, for sure. Um, but I also feel like there's a lot of market for like uh, music videos um, and a lot of films, especially in the city I live in. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Oh, okay. So, so there's like a big... Uh... A big demand on music where you're at yeah there's a pretty big demand on like film and music around here oh, okay are you in nashville <laughs> <laughs> tennessee you got country music there <clears throat> yeah i mean that's i mean a, a start a good start is is you know the way to go you know i mean mm -hmm. Once you graduate, the sky's the limit. If you you decide to go that route and filming and all this stuff, I mean, I mean, you could you could do. I think you could do your own like your own business. You could tell people, okay, if you want me to do this for you, fix your audio up and do this, and do, you know, uh, you could probably make a lot of money doing that. But working for a big company, let's say you know you get into Hollywood or you know, Universal Studios, like you're doing the soundboard for them or you're doing the sound and video for their, for their movies or something. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got it made. Not yeah. everybody does that. I mean, everybody, I know a lot of people that, that go to college, they want to be what? Lawyer, engineer, you know, it's the same stuff repeats and repeats and repeats. And, but you hardly hear people. Yeah. I want to get into filming. I want to get into audio and all this stuff. It's mm. kind of crazy. Is there a specific schools for this or does any college teaches it? Um, I think a lot of the like entrance courses, most colleges and universities teach. Um, but yeah, there are definitely film schools that are more generalized and focused on, um, this like specific fields for uh sound design um film creation and uh recording that sort of stuff wow well you know what you could tell ubisoft to hire after you graduate and get your bachelor's <laughs> or whatever say ubi uh i'll help you fix your sound uh on rainbow <laughs> be gladly to put some dolby atmos in there i mean because rainbow doesn't rainbow use uses Dolby DTX. Uh, yeah, I believe so. They use a lot of old softwares, yeah. Yeah, it's old. I mean, they should like kind of like up update and put Dolby Atmos. I think Dolby Atmos is like the latest latest technology. Um, but they're using they're using wait, I'm sorry, they're using DTS X. I don't know if you know that one. That's like uh, not familiar. Yeah, that's like uh the new like say 10.1 channel or I think it's like it's, it's, a, it's supposed to make it like surround sound mm -hmm. you know you get the, the the overhead below what Dolby Atmos actually does because Dolby Atmos it could you could download the software on your PC and it like converts your your headset into like a three-dimensional 
sound. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really good because you could hear, okay, the person is literally upstairs. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> and you could just like hear the footsteps coming right above you. And you know yeah. where to aim and shoot, you know. So it's it's pretty neat. But for me, I think it sounds better in movies than it does in gaming. For 100%. some reason. Yeah. Um, a lot of that comes through with the uh, the physics of the game. Because you have to nail the physics to be very, like, compatible with how the sound is going to work. To the point that one footstep upstairs, the flooring has to have the proper physical dimensions that you can hear the sound muffled to a certain degree and only just to a certain level that you can hear it below you or if you're below it. Um, it's definitely very complicated. And I think in terms of like siege doing it as much as I want them to, I know the further they go, the harder it's going to be for them to put all this code into a new software and remake the game basically. Right. Cause I, th- I think they need to do something like uh, CSGO and overwatch did. I what think we need, uh, we need something like a new revamp of the game on a new engine because it's on such an old software. The Oh, that's right. Like oh, I remember hearing that. about how the coding for Siege as it is right now is very like spaghetti code. Sorry, my voice cracked. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very like spaghetti code. And so a lot of that's why there's a lot of issues, especially with, I don't know if you remember, Old Clash they'd always have issues where when they change one thing somewhere else in the game, it would always affect how clash worked. And that's because the code is so messy. So they need some, I think they need someone to just take all that code, clean it up and put it into a new uh, engine. So it'll be easier to work with. They can do a lot more with it. And the game itself will be a lot smoother as opposed to what it is right now. Now, that's interesting. Why would it affect Clash out of all the ops? Why would it affect Clash? I think it's because of how much they had to adjust Clash and how much coding Clash would take. Because it's essentially... She's just a shield operator. Yeah, but because you're adding a bunch of extra features onto the shield as well. So you have like a bunch of extra variables that you're adding on top of that. And then those variables will interact with other various variables in different ways. And based on how the other ones are changed, it'll change how hers are changed. And since I, to my knowledge, hers would have been the most variable operator that I can think of that would require the most coding to actually like work around that I can kind of understand why that might be an issue. Now you, you use her a lot or you don't? I don't really use her a lot, but I used to do a lot of um, like uh, coding back in high school. So mm-hmm. to a degree, I understand it's like to not only add that shield plus the secondary weapons, then to add something else on top of the shield, you're probably going to need multiple variables for how the electricity works, what it does, when it activates, et cetera, et cetera. And mm-hmm. because of that, because of that, it's going to really affect how anything else is changed because one minor change to another variable that somewhat associates could disrupt that whole thing, which is why we get a lot. We used to get a lot of glitches with clash. I think they've managed to isolate all of that because we haven't had an issue with clash in a long, long time. But for the most part, I think there's still that little bit of, um, 
spaghetti code all around through the base game. Yeah. Which is why, you know how they're adding the new T-Hunt type thing? The new, like, AI. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And to do that, um, I'm not sure if you heard, but they even mentioned it, that the coding for the old AI T-Hunt, they have to remove completely in order to put the new one in. Because the code's oh. just an absolute mess. So they have to... So we're not going to have the old T-Hunt that we are used to. It's going to be completely gone in order for them to actually put in the, uh, the new wow. one. I think they should do exactly what you said, you know, just do what Overwatch did. Just get hmm. rid of everything and just put, do a Rainbow Six 2.0 uh, and, and just, you know, up, update the graphics to the new gen graphics, um, update everything, you know, and just, you know, move, move forward because, mm-hmm. I think I, I I feel like they're recycling everything, you know. I just don't know. It's like it's just repeating using the same junk and recycling and making parts. I think if they were to do exactly what Overwatch did, they're gonna just like boom. I think the cells are gonna be bagged. You put Rainbow 2.0, uh Rainbow 2, just put it like that. Who cares? You know, it's gonna draw attention, new engine, new everything. Work it through. Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't know. I don't know what the devs are doing. I don't know what if they have this in mind or what. The thing is, if they, even if they have it in mind, they need to do it soon. Because the more operators they add, the harder it's going to be, the more money it's going to cost them if they want to do it. And so they're going to be more reluctant. Are we almost down to 50 per defense and offense? Yeah, we are. I think we're at like 46, 48, something like 48, that. 48, 49. I think, yeah, I think there's, I think, but defense only needs one more. It'd be 50, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't checked. Um, I think that's, I heard many years ago, I mean, a couple of years ago, that was their goal. They just want to do 50 and 50 and then stop it there. But I, I believe they should like really do a, a rainbow 2.0. And I think a lot of people are kind of, Having high expectations with the with the with the other rainbow, the zombie one, um, ah, extraction, extraction, mm-hmm. and that just boom sank really quick. Yeah, they did not do a good job with it. They did not do a good job with it. So I don't know what they're gonna do. I really hope they 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 do something about it. You know, but uh, yeah, they should hire you, man. <laughs> get you aboard i mean later on in the future say hey i graduated this is what i'm the, this you know be part of the dev group you never know man sky's a limit yeah man yeah you'll be a billion dollar company man they they got the money <laughs> they don't act like it though i know right i mean geez spend the money on this game get it back on the board get it back and mm-hmm. compete with freaking modern warfare you know because Call of Duty just like really taking, I mean, they're just making a lot of money. Overwatch makes a lot of money, but I think Overwatch is is more popular in in Europe and in Asia than it is in the U.S. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not one hundred percent sure. I know it's. I feel like it's pretty popular world round. I Overwatch Two definitely brought like a lot of life back to the game as well. Like, I remember hearing about how the sales and um, 
a lot of the player base really like boomed back significantly after the Overwatch 2 launch, similar with CSGO. So yeah, some, Siege absolutely needs something like that. Yeah. Maybe, hopefully the esports scene will revive out of something like that as well. I know, right? I just, I, I mean, I really wish the best for, for, for Rainbow. But, um, so you, you, you still play with a couple guys or any pro players you play with? Um, not super often. Like I'll, I'll talk to people occasionally. Um, but I haven't really played with any pro players. I played with dream recently. Um, yeah. I think I played, I played a little bit with reverse recently as well. But aside from that, I like, I haven't really gone out of my way to play with a lot of pro players. Uh, at least in the last little bit. Yeah, because you do play a lot with uh, Senville, right? You play with yeah. Senville quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was trying to get you to play with uh, my buddy. Well, you play with with, with uh, Dragon, the pro, yeah. the pro skateboarder. Yeah, he's doing he's doing pretty good. Yeah, I'm gonna bring him on to the show uh, soon. Nice. He, he got sponsored now by this uh, company. Very popular. They said more popular than Nike when it comes to skateboarding. Oh, it's wow. really big. Yeah, he just got sponsored by them, so um, he's cool. very popular on t- on on uh, Instagram. But mm. not for, usually these skateboarders and pro skateboarders. They need to show clips every every time. You know the stuff that they do. So Twitter for them or X, you call it. Um, is not a popular in that field. Mm-hmm. They're like, uh, he says, dude, I'm just, I just open up a Twitter account because of you, because of, you know, the people you're connected to play rainbow, but mm-hmm. skateboarders, we, we're not into this. We're into either TikTok, Instagram is the main one that they use. I was like, Oh, he goes there. I got thousands of followers there. These companies on what they got, you know, millions of followers, you know? So there's, it's not popular on, on, on X. I'm like, Oh, okay. So, you know, so I, he, he's doing pretty good with that. And, um, and soon I'm going to be bringing him on the show. So that's going to be pretty wild. I'm going to, you know, talk to him as well. So yeah, he's, he's, he's doing a lot of things now and going to tourneys. So it's kind of nice. You get you, you get to play with a lot of good people. You play with Senville. He's kind of Senville's kind of crazy, man. <laughs> I, I go on the stream. He's like, he's like this. He reminds me of a pirate, like like this ruthless <laughs> pirate. You know, he doesn't care who you are. He's gonna just freaking snipe you down. And he plays good. You know, he plays he plays pretty good. He critiques a lot. He, he could defend himself and people got to watch out. This guy is no joke, but for his age, he's doing good. He's, he's pretty radical. But I mean, he's <laughs> really radical. So it to play with him and he gets you on board to play with him. I mean, I, I know you feel very honored for that because he doesn't pick anybody, mm-hmm. you know? So that's, that's good. So you play with him and you play with others as well. Who do you have? You played with Gunner yet? Um, it's been a while since I played with Gunner. He hasn't joined the stack in a little bit, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like for the most part, uh, I think towards the end of the season, especially, it's like I haven't played with a lot of people, mostly because 
ranked has been very cheater infested. So I've kind of just been playing with like viewers on stream, for example, for the most part, as opposed to going through and uh, looking for super good stacks to grind out with and lose to a cheater later on. I think nowadays, if once a content creator that brings good players with good positive vibes means more than you know than anything because you can have a good player and you can have him play with you but if he's toxic and rude mm-hmm. and obnoxious and highly ego people will start leaving the channel i've i seen that happen i seen it happen on uh not with rainbow but i seen it happen on halo one of my buddies would had this guy that would just like i mean just like very rude do some things they shouldn't be doing you could tell he's smoking and and he will hold his breath because he takes a big puff and and the 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 fans were like okay what the heck is going on this guy is acting weird he's all rude and toxic and they just start just leaving the guy's channel i had a dm him i said dude we gotta probably cut ties i'm not saying don't play with a guy play with him but don't stream while you're playing with him because you're already i saw from 70 viewers now you're down to 40 yeah played good i'd say okay he could play good but you went from 70 now you're down to 40 Mm -hmm. personality is a huge part of it if someone's not likable like nobody's gonna want to be around them or watch that i mean it works for some people but it's like i i personally don't think it's a good mindset to be that super rude super toxic person yeah no, it doesn't man. really work out at the end of the day at the end of the day now he's down to five viewers yeah, yeah. he lost all of his viewers something happened some drama happened that now he's down to from 70 viewers now he's down to five because because of that you know and it's sad it's sad mm-hmm. and i try to give him some advice on just doesn't care no more and i'm like i try to help you out man so yeah, yeah so nowadays it's like you know you get a good good group of people you play with have a good chemistry the fans are gonna pick up the good vibes you're laughing you guys joking having fun and people mm-hmm. are like oh i finally some positive energy i don't need <laughs> to go somewhere that's toxic and 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 craziness I want something with a little bit more positive energy. And people are looking for that nowadays with all the stuff that's going on all around the world. They want some positive vibe. They want something good. So they want to stay away from the negative and, and, and stick around with, with good vibes. Yeah. That's why at the end of the day, I think like, especially like playing games and stuff, if you're streaming, I think that you kind of have to focus, like just have fun. Because the more you get, like, super into it, the more you'll get, like, very aggressive, toxic, rude. And, I mean, it's fine for some people, but at the same time, it's, like, it starts to create a very negative space, for sure. Like, you'll, yeah. people will be at each other's throats a lot, that sort of stuff. It does, man. It just, it just makes everything worse. Hmm. You know, so it's just, like... uh it's it's not it's not healthy. It's not good for the 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 for the streamers. Not good for the game, you know. And you know it it just leaves a bad taste 
on people's mouth, you know. So the best thing is to do make a difference, you know. I love going in your stream, man. You're you're phenomenal. Good. <laughs> you react to the people, you talk to the people on the chat when they come in, you're friendly. And and I think you, you deserve more than what you have now. And I'm sure you're gonna keep on building and it's gonna keep on growing. Um, just keep doing what you're doing, man. Keep doing what you're Thank doing, you. man. You're doing phenomenal, man. Thank doing you, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're turning red. What the heck? <laughs> so, yeah, you got blush. You got turning into a tomato, man. Yeah, bro. So listen, I know it's um it's uh that time um time to wrap it up, but this won't be the first nor the last uh for for you to be on the show. Um, I know we, we, we can have more topics and stuff like that to talk about. We'll just save that up for probably next month or so. And, um, and, and, and we'll just go forward on this, you know? So, uh, well, thank you very much. Let everybody know your, your channels, how to reach you, where to see you, where to find you, everything. Yep. So, uh, Prefire GN on TikTok, Twitch, especially YouTube and Twitter. I stream about four to five days a week and I upload TikToks and YouTube shorts daily. Um, yeah, that's about it. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, there you go. Where you, there you have it, folks. And uh, for till next time, till next week, you know. Uh, We'll go ahead and keep on adding more and more content and having more people come aboard. Thank you for listening to the Dr. VTAC show and don't forget to click follow.